0: Today, my guest is Tom Shapira. Tom has nearly 20 years of experience in the financial services and fintech space in strategy, venture investing, and fundraising. As founder of Imagine Capital Group, Tom focuses on buy-side and sell-side services and fintech investments with a focus on servicing European and Asian clientele with access to U.S. markets. Tom has extensive hands-on experience in fundraising from institutional investors, private equity, family offices, and ultra-high net worth individuals, as well as from corporate venture capital and corporate development groups globally. He's knowledgeable in LP sourcing, qualifying outreach, and subsequent LP roadshows. Previously, Tom led corporate and product strategy within FIS, formerly SunGuard, and served financial services clients of AT Kearney and Accenture Financial Services. Tom has vast experience working with firms like BNP Paribas, ABN Amro, ING, Wells Fargo, and FIS. Tom received his MBA with honours from IE Business School in Madrid and has diplomas in private equity and venture capital. He received his undergraduate degree with honours from the George Washington University, where he majored in international business. Tom, welcome and thank you for joining us.
1: Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh, my pleasure. So, Tom, tell us a little bit about
0: your fundraising background.
1: Um, well, my, my fundraising background is, uh, I think, twofold. One, I, I learned the hard way, and not only did I learn the hard way, I actually learned the hard way by spending my own money on it. So happy to share my lessons learned with the group. Um, so to kind of give everybody some context, um, I started Imagine Capital Group in 2016 as a venture capital uh, fund, a firm. Focus on fintech investments, um, targeting companies in Europe and Asia. Uh, I spent the better half of 2016 and 2017 preparing my business, preparing the thesis, the PPM, everything that uh, you need to to go to market. And uh, in uh, 2018, decided to go all in and leave uh, my employer FIS and 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 uh, and kick off the business. Well. In every business, uh, you need, uh, friends and family. Uh, you also need, uh, investors. And I was at that point where, you know, I had a strong network, but, you know, I was looking to raise, uh, 20 to $50 million. And with that, I needed to, to, to properly fundraise. Um, and it's through that experience that I can share with you all the lessons that I learned, um, and the pitfalls and the things to avoid. Um, and so uh, my experience there uh, was working with uh, several placement agencies, um, also realizing that uh, a placement agent uh, may sell you a, a goods or services that may actually may not come out true. And then realizing a lot of fundraising is really on the onus of the business owner, whether it's at the fund or, or at the business um, so happy to kind of dive right in and, and share those lessons learned with you. Mm, fantastic. So
0: what do you think are the best approaches to self-fundraising, Tom?
1: Sure. So what is important is, uh, I think, first and foremost, to to make an exercise on, on your budget. Uh, when you look at budget, you really need to identify um, the amount of dollars you want to invest as well as the amount of time. Uh, you have to ask yourself who is going to be the lead fundraiser, uh, getting money to start the fund or the business's endeavor is extremely time-consuming, and more importantly, is when you rely on outside capital, you need to be able to spend the time. You have to consider it. You know, you're you're dialing for dollars. You're you're actually in a sales role. Um, so it's important to know who's going to be in this in this position. Uh, in addition, you, you have to get a better idea of the timing. Uh, um, keep in mind, no one's going to write you a million dollar check overnight unless you have a rich uncle or uh, a sponsor that you you know sure. well. Um, it, so it it takes a minimum of six dollars to get that. Sorry, six months to get that first dollar. Um, part of the things you have to do is is go to your friends and family first. Um, if you can't get friends and family to give you money, why would an outsider? Why would a professional investor? Mm-hmm. D- additionally, um, sourcing costs. So when I say by sourcing costs, how are you going to find your, your 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 list of LPs? Um, you know, I I use placement agents. Um, I also use LinkedIn. Uh, There are conferences that you can attend uh, to get face-to-face meetings with potential LPs. Uh, There are databases. You can also partner with a broker-dealer, but you need to have a budget. And you need to meet with them in person. No one's going to do any transaction over the phone or over a web. Uh, So you have to have a budget for that, uh, that travel and entertainment to meet with the individuals, to have the handshake. Um, I think it's also to to realize that, um, uh, and this is a lesson that I've learned that I'd like to share with everybody. Limited partners are like doctors. When you look for a doctor, you look for a specialist, right? Well, LPs are like doctors. Every investor is going to have their own specialization, their own investment Themes. It could be industry. It could be ticket size. It could be stage. Um, and like doctors, they get a ton of a demand. So it's how do you get an appointment, right? So exactly, that is, that is really the 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 hardest part of the job. And and when I talked about you know placement agents, that lesson learned was I I was convinced by many placement agents that they had the the investors and they had plenty of investors, but they didn't have the right investors for my business. So my business was fintech industry focus venture so that's the risk asset class. I as a manager was considered an emerging manager so that's another criteria and I focused on European and Asian markets. Mm-hmm. So finding LPs that matched uh my profile um was challenging. When you think about the Call it the lp continuum there most lps can invest in in different asset classes um and and this is something that you know if you're looking to self-fundraise you have to do you have to do the analysis so anyone who makes their money sells a company where are they going to park their dollars first mm-hmm. so they usually park their dollars in real estate so there are nearly every lp you meet will be in the real estate investment business as well. Um, now, within real estate, there's also a variety. It could be commercial, residential, multifamily, et cetera. But it starts always with real estate. If they have even more money, they typically invest in the industry where they made their own success. So if they we're in manufacturing of uh, of widgets, they're probably going to invest in, in that industry or, or, or adjacent industry. Um, so you have to know where the LP made their money and where their interests lie as, of as they get bigger, so family offices, then they start investing in themes um, and they may have a particular particular industry vertical. and then to a certain point, you get to institutional uh family offices. they' act they're gonna act more like uh, an institution where they're going to put larger check sizes in private equity, um, into more industries. And it's important that once you get to that level, institutional family offices and institutional organization or a sovereign wealth fund, you need a referral into the organization. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, they're not going to make time or place without a referral. Um, in addition, if you are self-fundraising, are you on your first fund or your fifth fund? If you're on your fifth fund, you know you're going to have the track record, um, and you can always rely on existing relationships. But if you're on a first or second fund, you know you're still in that emerging manager category, and you need to find the right LPs for that. Um, I'll take a pause there, but it, it's mm. so many little nuances to consider. <clears throat>
0: Very interesting insight. And one of the things I picked up on Tom, as you were uh, speaking, you were saying that obviously, uh, you know, you have to meet with these investors face to face. But you know, how has COVID nineteen impacted on fundraising for for businesses and funds? You think?
1: Yeah. So I think we have to take a step back and 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 really understand what are pressures um, the LPs and GPs take. So for a business looking to get funds from a GP what place your place your perspective place your feet in their shoes um right now pe firms and vcs they're really focused on their um portfolio performance so the underlying companies that they're serving Uh, some have been adversely affected by covid Uh, so they are extremely busy with uh um, operational optimization and revenue retention For their portfolio firms they definitely have dry powder um but they really are being more stringent because they don't have the time and what you have they are they are looking primarily um on going back to the fundamentals and those are uh financial fundamentals um lps uh are also worried Uh, there's, there's, they're pressuring their own GPs to return investor capital quickly. There, there is pressure to avoid losses. Um, and some LPs are missing uh commitment calls right now. In addition, LPs are rich. They, they can sit back and, and, and write it out. And, you know, for them, it's about buying at value and waiting for that correction. So they can sit out and wait.
0: So, I mean looking forward i mean what do you think the new metrics for success will be in the uh, in the new normal
1: i think the 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 metrics have always been there but we'll see a revisit of fundamental metrics lofty valuations for firms are gone i don't think we'll see valuations from 2019 2018 2017 appearing in the next 2 years improved margins improved revenue decreasing costs improved retention and scenario planning for 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 economic downturns and for the individual for the business or the fund you have to update your materials you know you have to go to market with that one page executive summary that's double sided that 10 page executive summary but each time it has to be tailored to the audience every time
0: how should businesses and you know p firms vc firms fundraise now
1: there is a lot of noise in the marketplace, and I'm working with a couple private equity and venture capital firms, and as well as just portfolio companies looking to do follow-on rounds. And so there's a couple of things to consider. First and foremost, you should, what I would call re-up, get continued capital from existing investors, friends and family, and people that you know. The reason why is they trust you, and a relationship is built. Now, travel is slowly changing, I think, globally. So that will improve. Additionally to it, you need to get referrals, you know, and that's where one has to be extremely aggressive, aggressive as in, in a sales sense, find pathways to success, find an introduction. And it's kind of, again, like finding a job. You get introductions to companies through your alma mater, you get introductions through individuals, through your, um, through your neighbors, but find that pathway to the organization. doesn't matter what level get the conversation started. Um, but you have to be, you have to, you have to map out those points. Fantastic. And interesting what you said
0: about that pathway to success. I mean, any additional tips that you could offer Tom with, you know, given your experience?
1: Well, you know, it, 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 it kind of, again, um, I always re- equated this to a sales job. You're always selling yourself. You're selling your organization. You're selling your personality. Companies or investors, they they look at fundamentals. You know, is this a, a business I can return, uh, um, get an ROI from? But ultimately, they're they're buying you and the team. Um, and so, it's really incumbent upon fund managers as well as business owners to 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 sell their track record, but also sell their personality. And again, those pathways could be LinkedIn, referrals, conferences, virtual events. Um, You know, one of the things that I've been doing um, and I recommend everyone doing is you can still send that cold email. Everyone uh, can no longer attend a conference. So how are people going to network? So I usually state, you know, nice to meet you. Uh, And with the lack of conferences, I thought we should network for 15, 20 minutes. Do you have... Do you have time over the next few weeks? I mean, you got to find pathways. There are there there is an eagerness to network. There is an eagerness to, to, to um, uh, there is an eagerness to meet new people. Again, the least frictionless way is through referrals. Um, that will always that will always be uh, um, a, a winning formula. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the
0: things that you mentioned just there, which is quite interesting, was the cold email and 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 networking from scratch. I mean. In the competitive market that's uh, out there at the moment, I mean, how do you
1: stand out from the crowd? Yeah, do your due diligence, do your homework. So, mm. again, equate this to looking for a job or finding um, a, a contact within a firm. You gotta, you gotta understand what their priorities are, what their, what their um, agenda is. Read upon it. Uh, do a Google News search. Uh, look at the portfolio companies um have conversations do your research because you when you send out a note it has to be tailored it cannot be generic email sending on linkedin it cannot be your same email that you sent to every lp or investor it has to be specific and and share a perspective offer value um and it's that research that you have to do um uh, you can also research their portfolio companies and 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 and, and share perspective of you know uh you know what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, but but show show interest
0: fantastic and funny Tom, I mean do you think that whole fundraising market will change in the uh, in the new normal?
1: you know, I think what what will reset is just the return back to fundamentals you know there is an appetite mm-hmm. to invest uh, valuations will be different than 2019 um, or 2018, but there's opportunities. There is dry powder. If you if you take a step back and you kind of look at where the dry powder was, you know, prior to COVID, um, the money was still in the Middle East and in Asia. I mean, money been dried up, it's still there. So there's definitely opportunities to deploy capital. You have to know where to look. So I would say, uh, um, you know, Asia is the first uh, are the first economies out. Um out of COVID, they're looking to get back into business and deploy capital. Uh, Middle East, they have a ton of dry powder. Uh, the US will go through a a um a resetting period, um, find better find they're gonna be focused on valuations. Um, but I, I think I think I think the opportunities are still there. Um it, companies though can't just sell a promise or funds can't sell a promise. They really have to show results and outcomes.
0: Interesting. And it's interesting what you were saying about Asia and the Middle East and the U.S. And obviously with uh, Corona, they're all in different stages uh, in their cycle. But looking at Asia for a moment, Tom, I mean, how would you approach that market and how different would that be from, say, approaching the U.S.
1: market? Yeah. So if you think about market maturity, uh, the United States market one being the largest, is also the most mature in terms of the LP investor base. So you have a plethora of LPs. They're inundated with opportunities on both coasts and in their geographies. Um, so, uh, you know, really track record um, and fundamentals will be important. Um, Asia, and if we think of Asia and divided between uh, North Asia, which is China, Hong Kong, and then Southeast Asia, which is Singapore um, and the region? Um, there, there, there is uh, plenty of money. Uh, the I would call it the maturity is not the same as it is in the U.S. Um, they, they will look for uh, good investable opportunities. They may not have themes, investable themes. They may not go as deep in due, in due diligence. Um, so, so there, I would say for a an emerging manager. Or a fund, um, you know, looking for LPs in Asia is great because they're also looking to diversify away from that region. Uh, the The homework is still uh, is still there. You know, you have to know who to talk to. You have to go to the region and shake hands. Um, Europeans, by far, are the most conservative. Um, there's definitely capital there, but it's 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 very conservative in nature. Uh, it's mostly real estate. And then I would say in in South, in my other experiences with Central and South America, that's primarily family money and uh, again more opportunistic in nature, yep, interesting. And you
0: also mentioned the Middle East, uh, and there's yes. a lot of dry powder in that market there. but I mean, how would I suppose that market differ from Asia or North America?
1: Well, I think part of it is um, again, um, Middle East. Has been heavily brokered, heavily transacted. Uh, so it's important uh, that um, you have a referral. A referral goes a long way, and also um, showing up in the country and and having a roadshow. Um, you, you have to have a roadshow. I mean, you have to plan a month out, um, send out emails, make phone calls. Actually, you may have to do it two or three months out because you're gonna you you're gonna want to pre-qualify folks on a phone or on a video call before you decide to meet them in person. But use but use the I'm headed to Dubai, I'm headed to Abu Dhabi, I'm headed to Kuwait or Riyadh in 2 months as a as a hook to meet them in person. Mm-hmm.
0: Tom, thanks for taking the time to speak with us today
1: and sharing some of your insights. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, likewise Ken, anytime.